0: Hi, I'm Soul Dancer, the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth. And I wonder, are you a manager, a social worker, a teacher, a coach? Do you have a passion to help people learn, help them laugh, help them grow to be more healthy, wealthy, and wise? If so, I want to talk to you. My Pay Me What I'm Worth self-paced program provides a plug-and-play series of classes to complement your existing programs. Call me at 312 two six eight zero 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 to learn how we can add some additional income to your program, practice or center today.
1: Welcome back to PWR Network. The world in your hand.
0: Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Soul Answer, your host for the next hour. And I have a dedicated crew on the line for our next most exciting show. But before we dial in, I'm delighted and honored to once again say thank you to Lillian Caldwell, the president and founder of PWR Talk Radio. Uh, Lillian, you had mentioned that you have some extraordinary news to share. I'm itching with excitement. Would you please share?
1: Yes. Today we went over the 4 million mark, which means that PWR Talk added an additional 3 million listeners through Twitter.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Wow.
2: Okay. No pressure here,
0: folks. No pressure. The fact that 4 million people are listening in, no pressure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I just thought you would like to know that all the programs that we have been doing as a group since the beginning are all transcribed and then put up on TWR Talk Network's Twitter account. And usually within 24 to 48 hours, it's retweeted because I use the proper hashtags. And because of that... You, as a group, receive all the listeners that PWR Talk has been building for the past 12 months. When I first started using the Twitter account properly, I started at 3,000 additional listeners. And now it's grown to over 5,498. And it will keep growing. So you should know that people are listening to what you say. I can't say whether it's baited breath or not, but they are listening.
0: <laughs> so from a visibility folks, I just wanted to let you know as part of my goal for you all, not only to help you increase your confidence, but also broaden your visibility. So, to me, that's exciting news that you all are now being listened to by over 4 million people. So, with that in mind, Lillian, thank you so much. Today, we're going to dive into Chapter 7 of Pay Me What I'm Worth. The topic is Pricing the Priceless. I have asked both Jace and Sarah are going to be co-piloting today's show. Why don't you give our listeners a quick howdy and a quick intro, and let's dive in. Hello, everybody. This is Sarah. Where do you want to steer this ship today? Pricing the Priceless. Take it away.
2: Well, one of the things I I thought we'd open up with is have people share what's their definition of Priceless. What what does Priceless mean to you? Uh, how do you define Priceless? So for me, one of the ways I look at Priceless, you know, based on paying you what I'm worth, Soul, you talked about how something is it's maybe more timeless. And the way I look at Priceless is it's something that I've – been given or received that's a, a yeah. gift to the soul that I would never trade in I, Like there's no amount of money I would give or I would take to, to give it back like learning how to love, learning how to forgive those to me are priceless because no one could ever buy those back from me so for me that's my definition of priceless it's, and when I look at it that way there's, there's very I don't think there's anything material that's priceless it's all intangible things for me so I wanted to open up the group and, and hear from you guys. What is priceless to you?
3: For me, Isabelle, for me, priceless means that it cannot be replaced. It's something that really cannot... Like, for example, I one time I went to the Alps, and I was at the top of the mountain, and the view for me was priceless. It's something that I could never replace. It's something that was out of the ordinary. Something very rare, something... And when it it happens, when it's priceless, I feel very connected to God.
4: Mm. This is Elaine. I agree with Jace about it being the intangibles. And for me, I think my priceless items would be my health. Because as Stu knows today, when you're not feeling good, you don't want to do anything. So that, to me, is my most priceless item. And then, of course, my reputation and my faith would be my other ones.
2: Excellent.
4: I
5: have to agree. For me, something priceless would be the unconditional love I share with my daughters. That is something that I couldn't put a price on it.
2: Mm. That's beautiful. Thank you.
6: This is Anna. I think it's a You said too, Jace, it's a gift from the heart. And to kind of pull what Sarah said, things that my children make drawings. And those are things that mm. could never be replaced. And those are gifts that they would give me that gladly display them. And just I when I look at them, I just beam. They just make me so happy
2: mm it's lovely, thank you thank you, everybody. So how about you?
0: Priceless <laughs> my definition are those key reminders to always be in the moment to me, something that's priceless is in the moment. never to be recaptured, mm. never to be nor would I want to try and recapture it it is is it is irreplaceable, and it is something that I need not worry about it being stolen. I need not worry about it rusting or being out of fashion or the wrong size or the wrong color or the f- wrong flavor. Priceless is eternal.
3: Hmm. Like memory. Priceless is eternal. That's
0: awesome.
2: That's beautiful. I love that. So does anyone have a different – I heard a lot of examples of priceless. Does anyone have a way to define their example different from what Sol said? And I think that was beautiful. Like without giving just an example, do you have a definition?
3: See, when it's priceless, it comes from the heart. It's something that touched me from the heart, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's something that it's here in my heart forever. Yeah.
0: Mm, beautiful. Yeah. Let me let me try this for a concrete example. Priceless is being gifted with the honor of cradling a newborn child or mm. a child an infant that you have yet to meet and you hold that child in your arms and if you're blessed, the child opens their eyes and you look into their eyes and you can see that soulful connection. That is a priceless
2: moment to me. Beautiful. Beautiful. So that brings me to my, my next question then. For 2013... Where are we going to put our energies? So I, when I went through this and I was thinking about this question of priceless, I started thinking about where have I been investing energy and time into things that, that weren't so priceless. And right on the heels of that, I, I realized I've had times in my life where I only focused on the quote-unquote priceless, like that heartfelt connection, and I didn't take care of the everyday things and get the bills paid. So that kind of tripped me up as well. So I guess what I'm sharing for myself is I'm looking for where is that balance between seeking the priceless and paying the bills. And I wanted to open up the floor for input and from you all and see what you're going to focus on in 2013. Do I need to call on people, or you guys want to are you crunching on that one? I'm thinking. How about you, Sarah? We'll jump off with you. You're the. That's co-host. a
5: very good question. I'm thinking for me, I. Don't really concentrate much on the priceless moments. I think those moments just come. For me, I concentrate on the everyday, hustling, working, paying the bills, making sure the family is fine. We have everything that we need. So that's a very good question. I have to. I have to like think more on that.
2: Mm. So, so I hope this doesn't go too racy here, but. Um... Could someone say that, like, an intimate encounter with their spouse is priceless? And I wonder how much energy and time people put into actually planning the time for those priceless encounters.
0: Oh, perfect. Perfect example.
2: Is a, I, I've heard so many stories of couples that say, oh, it should just happen. But if it's that valuable, why let it just happen? Why not intentionally plan for it? I'm big on lifetime memories. I love creating a moment that changes a life and people remember forever. So one of the things I strive to do in my business is create these moments where my clients will just remember forever. Like we go to this one hot springs in Utah and a river runs through this canyon and so you sit in the hot. One can sit in the hot springs and look at these walls going up three, four hundred feet, and the Virgin River is running right by the hot springs. And it's absolutely one of those moments that stays with people forever. And I get to enjoy those too in my work. And yet I'm realizing how much am I really pursuing those in my every week life at home. And so I want to open up to you all. What What do you think you could pursue as priceless moments in 2013? And then I do want to bring this back into it. Where is that balance of the priceless moments and the, okay, I need to check my emails. I'm not sure how priceless that will be. <laughs>
0: well, while folks are chewing on that, do you mind, Chase, if I flip the way we're looking at it?
2: No, I don't mind at all.
0: Think about this. Who taught you how to tie your shoes? Was it your mom? Well, Was it your dad? Was it your brother or your sister? For people listening in, who taught you how to tie your shoes? And what price would you put on that? Who taught you how to ride a bike? Who taught you how to do some of these things that you do right now in your life daily? You don't even think about it. It's, it's like breathing. We just do it because we were taught a fundamental life-changing skill, at least for those who wear shoes with laces anyway. <laughs> We want to reframe this and the goal of, of Chapter 7 as we get into what are we going to do that's priceless in 2013 when we come back to Jace's question. Oftentimes when a person receives a service from a professional, like a doctor, like a lawyer, like a coach, a psychiatrist, a body massage therapist, they may do something that profoundly changes your life forever. And it's often overwhelming to think, how can I ever say thank you? How can I put a price on what this person has done? And the goal of, of our confidence building, if we're feeling unsure about how to honor someone, it can shake our confidence, yeah? Yes.
2: yes. yes.
0: Yep. yes. And what it boils down to is, for me, I know my confidence absolutely crumbles when I sense that there's just I, I could never do enough. That I'm inadequate. Confidence crumbles for me when I experience feelings of inadequacy. Am I alone in this, or does other do others have the same issue? I do. I agree. I do. Yeah. It looks like kind of across the board, and, and for those listening in, I would assume you have that same issue. Inadequacy can can often render us helpless, and when I am so in awe by what someone else has done, I can feel inadequate. The goal of this particular journey today is for us to get into being able to do our best with what we have and be at peace with that. That to me builds confidence. If I have done my best with whatever it is that I have at at my command, whether it's my time, my money, my attention, my health, my respect, my reputation, if I've done my best, isn't that all anyone can ask from me? Yeah. I'm 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 feeling some buttons getting lit up. What what are you what are you all hearing? I'm going to kick it off and put uh, Crystal on the spot here, Crystal. What are you hearing from all of this?
7: I'm hearing that when I just give from my heart and I don't forecast or have any expectations or worry about what they're thinking, I will be at peace with myself, and that's all I can offer. Even if it's just calling someone up, like I, I called Sol earlier this week, and I told him how I absolutely love this call series, and I've learned so much from it, and it's just completely changed my life. And I didn't worry about what he thought. I just
3: told them what I thought. This is Isabel. I think that when I give my all, when I do something, it's priceless. I mean, it's like I feel like I am doing something good. If I see that I do something because I'm forced to do it or if I don't give my all, I don't give enough value and I'm not happy with myself when it happens. So I really try to give my all in everything I do.
0: Just a follow-up question. Isabel. If someone doesn't recognize that you've given your all and they want more, what do you do?
3: If they want more, I think I will try to give more. If I can, if I cannot, I will I will tell them that I, I cannot give more than what I gave.
0: Mm, bingo. Did everybody catch that? Isabel, would you repeat that last part again?
3: I will tell them that I cannot give them more than what I gave.
0: Elaine, if if you are were talking with someone and they're starting to get annoyed with you. Okay. And this is after you've given your best shot. Right. How would you handle that?
4: I guess I would try to do a different tact and maybe ask more questions and try to, you know, find out more about what they're thinking. Because I don't really know what's going on in their head and I may have vented that entire story that's not even accurate. And because I went down the path of that story that's in my head, they went down another path entirely unrelated to what I was thinking. And so I think just by asking questions, I could try to find out what's going on there.
0: Okay.
3: So another thing that came to my mind, if someone is not grateful for what I gave them, because when I give my all and if they ask more, I will feel like they're not grateful for what I gave. Mm. I would say it doesn't. What is it? I mean, it, even if I do more and more and more, they will never be grateful. I I will feel like uh, I could not do anything for them for them to to be happy.
0: Has anybody ever run into anybody in their life, and including everybody listening in, that it seems like there's, for lack of better words, you run into someone who has an emotional black hole.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm chuckling only because at this time of year, it's easy to encounter an emotional black hole because we've all been giving so much to so many for so long. True? True. Yes. Sarah, what are you picking up from all of this?
5: I'm picking up that everything that everybody's saying is very interesting. I have to agree with all of them going back to what i said earlier about unconditional love that i have with my daughters that is something that i'm not afraid that anybody can take away like you mentioned something earlier on your explanation of what priceless means to you what i'm getting is that when i give my best when i concentrate and um just give my 100% of my effort to do something for somebody else i get a huge satisfaction when they don't get it that that I'm giving them my best, I do get frustrated. But I also try to make them understand, and thank God for personal development that I've been learning, how to communicate more effectively with people. I try to go on their communication skills. Like I try to get on their level and try to deliver what I'm trying to give them in a way that they can understand it. I don't know if that... um, that makes any sense
2: to you.
0: It does to me. And I know, Jace, you being a professional workshop facilitator, retreat leader, coach, and Sarah, you are also the same. This is a touchy topic, pricing the priceless. One of the reasons I wanted both of you to help co-pilot today's show is because I know I've fallen into times where I have given 110%. I've given 150% not at the expense of my own health or my own happiness or anything like that, but it's because I was inspired or I felt inspired to do so. And then I would encounter people that they they wanted more. They expected more. And I'm like, I was at a complete loss to give them anything more. And I began to realize I I could give them the entire universe. And I would still go, I I, I sensed I would get this, I want more. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody, I mean, how many of us have felt that from someone from some time to time? Or am I completely delusional and I'm alone in that (laughs) category?
3: No, you're not. Yeah, not (laughs) alone. So this is Anna.
6: This is a very interesting topic because I have someone in my life at this point, a friend, who it's, it's that type of situation where I've been working with her on shifting perspective and pivoting and, it seems to me that there has a, it's been very little movement. And it, is, it does get frustrating because it's like I need more of what you're telling me. Because in the moment when we're in conversation, in the moment that we're talking, I feel like it's great and the energy is lifted and everybody's doing great. And then I feel like the moment she steps away, there, here come the messages. I didn't hold on to that conversation and I need to come back and so it's that same thing. It's you're giving, you're giving, you're giving, and it, it feels like nothing is happening. So I've looked at that like what else can I do? How can I and then I have to realize that it's not that it's not me. Like you said, I can give and give and give and until I let her stand on her own feet. I appreciate her one because she's bringing all things to me, and and we're we're moving around them. It's like we're doing that little that little dance. And at the same time, I have to realize that this is her journey, not mine. So, I, it's thank you, because <laughs> it is a frustrating thing. Sometimes we 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 wonder, am I doing my best? And yet, when I feel like I'm doing my best, occasionally comes back. And I want more, yes.
3: To the I think we should not take it uh, personally when those things happen. Because I think it's a person, it's their fault. I mean, it's their, it's their problem. If, uh, if we give and give and give and they are never satisfied, it, it has nothing to do with us. It. it has to do with them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know this rings true for both Elaine and Crystal, because Elaine, Crystal, and I are all part of a a similar program where we're helping people with their own health issues. And Elaine, I'm sure you've encountered a few situations where you can tell that someone can do better, but they've chosen not to.
4: I have a couple of friends that are extremely obese to the point of it's impacting their health, and they're fairly young in terms of being in their 30s or even one in their 20s. And I've told about this great program we have to lose weight. It's been very successful. We have people that have lost up to 400 pounds. So you had an amazing story. Absolutely just cannot get their head around it. So they didn't really want to lose the weight. <laughs> Some people, you have to meet them where they are. They're just not ready. Maybe someday they will be.
0: The goal of this for confidence building is when my confidence is so solid that I am no longer willing to sacrifice my health and my happiness for someone else's health and happiness. There's a paradigm shift that I've experienced time and time again. Has anybody else experienced this paradigm shift, even on a slight level, just a simple level? It might be with maybe even a neighbor or a coworker. Is there any stories anybody that comes to mind on this?
6: So this is Anna. This is my story. I was deemed a workaholic many, many years ago. And (laughs) it wasn't until I had a series of events happen in my life and my mom passed away and then my son was born. And it really dawned on me that that what I was doing and my life that I was leading, it was It was lonely and it was making a lot of money. Yes, that was great. But what was a lot of stuff hit home in the book? It was like, what was I giving up? What was I really not paying attention to? What was I not spending my time? Who was I not spending my time with? All of those things came up for me, especially after my mom passed away. Not that I didn't spend time with her. And at the same time, I thought it was a slight chance of woulda, coulda, shoulda. And Now, with my children, it's I refuse. I refuse to work the way I used to work. I refuse to do the things that I used to do. I downsized my, my regular business and decided to go off on another journey just so that I could spend more time with my family. To, to kind of tie into what Jace was asking earlier, how do you pay the bills and do all these things in your daily life? And what I'm finding out, it has been an interesting journey, a little bit of a roller coaster ride for me. And what I've realized is that once I open myself up from my heart and know that the value of these people in my life and the value that I spend with my family, even just recently with the holidays, being able to spend it with my sister and my dad, amazing, amazing. I That's pric- that's priceless. I could not, I wouldn't even put a number on that. So, I'm with you. I, how? What's the value of that monetary gain, that dollar, that green thing that comes in to watching my kids wake up in the morning or watching them bring me that drawing or have them write me a letter or something like that? So very, very big, a big piece.
2: I, I had an experience last week. I had some friends in town from Canada, and Dinner plans got all messed up and we wanted to get together and I got so frustrated. I realized I was compromising myself and trying to bend over backwards and move things around to get with them that I was really getting unhappy. I just said, "You know what? I'm going to a keto. I, if I'm getting this triggered about anything, I really need to go to a keto." And I'm taking care of my well-being. So I went to a keto that night and just cleaned myself out and then we we got with them later on and it was all perfect. And it, it wasn't until I just said, no, this isn't working and I, I need to take care of myself that uh, until that moment when I was trying to bend and they were trying to bend, everything was getting messed up. And when
3: I finally said, I'm taking
2: care of myself, everything kind of shook out in that moment.
3: Isabel, I was an example. It's a friend of my husband who lives in Canada. He had cancer for a year and he was getting worse and worse and worse and then... One day I said to him, "Why don't you go see him? Because you never know how long he's going to live." And he said, "Yes, I will go, but this month I cannot because we are too busy." And then we receive a phone call, maybe a week after that, and his friend was dead, passed away. So I was like, "See?" And my husband felt so bad because he said, "Oh, I could have done before because of I was too busy. I didn't go, and I should have gone." and so sometimes we have to stop the time, stop everything and and say what is worth, what is more valuable in my life, go see this friend or do all these busy things I need to do. So it's really important to really go with your heart, I think, and not with your head that much.
0: Mm-hmm. Isabella, you remind me of that. How does that quote go? Life is not how many breaths you take. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many how many moments that take your breath away?
5: Yes.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Sarah, I know yeah. you as a mom. The priceless moments you already have in your treasure chests of raising your children. Right?
5: Yes. The first Five years of my daughter's life are priceless to me. I was blessed to be a stay-at-home mom the first five years, and I was there every moment with them, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I was there when they made the first step. I was there when they learned how to say the first word. I was there when they first cried, when they first laughed. I taught them everything in five five years. And those are priceless, very much priceless moments for me. But also what I'm learning from this call and reading this chapter is that a lot of parents say, oh, you know, having kids is priceless. It is not priceless because there's a lot of price that we pay as parents. There's a lot of sacrifice that go in there into um, raising children. Uh, Raising children is not easy. It's a very tough job, and there's nothing out there that can really teach us, even if there are books and CDs of older parents trying to help older parents. Uh, it's not it will never be enough information out there to teach us how to raise how to raise a child. It is very interesting. Raising children is beautiful, is wonderful and priceless, but there's a lot of price also that we have to pay.
0: So what I'm hearing you say, Sarah, is there's a lot of timelessness in what you're experiencing, those things that you've experienced, you'll remember until your memory is altered to such a degree you can no longer remember it. Correct. Mm -hmm. The, The essence of confidence building here. Let, let's reframe it, especially after we get off. We're just beginning to conclude the roller coaster of yet another round of what I call the expectations extravaganza, that time between the shifting of seasons, which happened on December 21st this year, to tonight, where we shift into a whole new year again. There's always expectations involved with where you're going to go, what you're going to get, da 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 da, rules, regulations. Reshifting this to look at. Can you think of a moment in life, and everyone listening in play along, think of a moment in life where you recall a time something was freaking you out. And it was probably largely to do with either your perfectionist or your judge. There was something you absolutely, positively had to have in a certain way. Otherwise, it was going to be ruined. Or people would think you're a complete something or other Now that time has come and gone and the water has gone well under the bridge and you look back at that and and you think, ah, what was I so wrapped up about? I'll kick it off with my own when I started out my undergraduate degree. I was just drilled that because I knew I was going to be going into a master's program that my GPA for my undergraduate degree was very much important about how well or not I would get into my graduate program. So my grades were like, oh, my God, I have to be a straight-A student. The perfectionist in judging me went off the charts. With that being well over 20 years ago, I look back on the fact, I'm going, I put myself through so much unnecessary stress just to get a letter grade. I would have had a lot more fun had I let that perfectionist go. Any other examples where we... Sacrificed, or yes, I you chose to sacrifice for perfection, something that you thought was going to be priceless because it was perfect, and now you look back on it and you're like, why did I do that?
3: I have a question, Soul. Do you do you regret? Do you regret doing that?
0: Do I regret it? No, it was part of my learning process. Yes, it, okay. it was a teacher that allowed me now to let go of my perfectionist. Exactly. Good, good clarifying question. I'm introducing another way to frame pricelessness is because, two, for example, two weeks ago I was in a bakery and I was watching this woman have a complete and total meltdown, absolute meltdown with the poor snapper <laughs> of the bakery because there was a ever so minor flaw in her Yule log. It was this confectionery thing that you're going to have for dessert and apparently there was just some small little flaw, teeny tiny – this thing was huge. It was like – the size of a huge piece of loaf of bread, and there was one tiny little flaw that she was having a complete meltdown. I mean, she was making a scene about it. Everybody around her was getting uncomfortable. The poor clerk I felt so sorry for. And I thought to myself, oh, my gosh, if I ever fall into something like that, I've told all my friends, just shoot me. Put me out of my (laughs) misery. This is Sarah. I think
5: learning English for me was a huge stress. I remember I came here to the United States when I was 14. I didn't speak a word of English. I couldn't communicate with anybody. I was going to school, but it was very difficult for me to understand my teachers and my classmates. And so I remember um, it took me about a year and a half to to become fluent in English. And my accent, I mean, everybody can hear my accent. I'm trying to perfect it every year, thinking, oh, i got to go back to school. I don't like the way I sound. People really understand me. And for years and years, I was very judgmental myself because of the way I sound. But I finally let it go in the past year. I said, I finally accept myself for who I am and how I sound. People understand me fine. I'm able to speak in an effective way, and I communicate with everybody. And so I finally let it go. But for the last, what is that, 24, 23 years, I've been stressing over the fact that I have an accent when I speak English. And I finally let it go. And I said, I sound fine. That's my accent. It's my uniqueness. And I'm going to embrace it and love it.
7: Yay. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Yay.
0: Well, I, I may be kibitzing a little bit here. Crystal, I've had the, <laughs> the honor and privilege of getting to know Crystal since I, I think June of this year or or around there anywhere or possibly even earlier. And as I've gotten to know Crystal, Crystal, you, you could say no comment by – no problem if you want to say oh, no comment here. But have you struggled with either one of those inner little creatures we know as – perfectionists, or judges over the the past few months? Oh, yeah,
7: definitely, especially when I take my uh, enterprising boards. So they're rather difficult, and it took me a couple times to finally pass them, but when I, well, the first round, I should say, I haven't taken the second, third, and fourth round yet, but the first round, I've never failed anything in my past, so the first time I failed, that was like, round one of beating myself up and then round two came and i was like okay i gotta pass this this it's the way it is but i still didn't forgive myself so i had to repeat that again and i repeated it multiple times but what i learned finally was i went into the last the last time i took it the part one because i went in and i forgave myself i said you know what Whatever happens happens and I'm just gonna do my best and I passed it and I I didn't just pass I passed it with flying colors because I finally forgave myself from being such a perfectionist and trying to make sure like just get the minimum score, just get the minimum score. And or I focused on the financial aspect that it's like six hundred dollars each time I retook the test. So I passed it and now I'm facing parts two, three, four and P T come February. And so I'm I'm really already starting to focus on that and I foresee myself passing it the first time since I've learned how to now take this exam.
0: Jace, you introduced a really awesome question at the beginning of the show and I, I could sense we needed to warm up to it a little bit. What was that question again? In light of
2: the these
0: priceless
2: things we call priceless, these these moments, these memories, these experiences what it was a twofold question. One is what are we gonna pursue in twenty thirteen and then the adjunct to that was, uh, if we only pursue those, do the bills get paid? How much time do we spend on that? And then how much time do we spend, quote unquote, working or taking care of details?
7: Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Yes.
2: Yeah, so it's a twofold question. Part
7: one is, in light of our
2: definition and examples that we've given about what those priceless, what's priceless to you. What will you pursue in 2013? What What's priceless that you will actually pursue? Or what things will you pursue? And, and this is a true question. It's not a leading question. This is a question I, I have. How does one balance out the pursuit of those priceless things with the pursuit of For getting the bills paid, taking care of the responsibilities in life?
7: For me, I really want to pursue my health, if it be the mental, physical, and spiritual component, because as a doctor, I feel, I feel well. Everybody has integrity, but you have to talk and walk the same. So I want to look like and talk leading health example. In addition, I with because you know finances always come in. So I will sacrifice. For instance, do we go out to eat tonight, or do we just make something at home? And if it be, I get up a half hour earlier to just meditate for myself or write goals. Like I am scheduling an appointment for myself into my day and nothing can interrupt that because health is the most important thing in life
0: Mm -hmm.
7: that's wonderful
0: so crystal if i'm hearing you correctly you strike a balance and by Mm -hmm. by striking that balance you get the bills paid yep
7: and when if i find when i'm quote unquote stressing or freaking out about how to pay my bills now I mean, I have an extreme, well, most people, I have an extreme amount of debt paid. I'm just like, that's okay. But it comes down to it in the end, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. If you have a million dollars positive or a million dollars of debt, I need my health, and I need to be focused. Hmm. This is Sarah. I would like to, or I will, rather,
5: concentrate on next year on my health as well. And also on creating more effective relationships with the people around me have a busy life with a full-time job and a single mom and my relationship with Chase. I need to learn how to prioritize uh, better things in my life, uh, know what I'm going to do and plan for that day. I think that becoming a better person each day will help me get to the goal that I want to reach, which is becoming a better person, not only in, in a health way, becoming healthier, but also becoming a better person in communicating and having better relationships with my family. How that's going to pay the bills or how that's going to balance is if I plan the day and I add more time and have another job from home, I can spend time with my family and also create extra income working from home. I want to consider my health and I'm also want to consider on the relationships and make an extra income at the same time. Does that answer your question, Jason?
2: Yes. And I think I I got an idea while you all were speaking. And I read a book once. It it was about decluttering our home physically. And the author said, if it's not beautiful or useful or you don't love it, chuck it. And what hit me while you two were sharing was if the things I'm pursuing in my life aren't beautiful or useful or I don't love them, I ought to chuck it. It, it. What hit me for me was in that moment, if I'm pursuing those memories, if I'm pursuing what's priceless, and for me priceless includes prayer, exercise, connection with humans, if I'm really pursuing those, I think everything else would shake out. Like, it just kind of had this feeling come over my body where everything else, would, the money will shake out. Because if I'm pursuing those priceless moments, I'm going to be so much more alive in my work. So I, I, the answer I got from that was pursue them, but actually pursue them instead of just kind of hoping that I have priceless moments along the way, like get engaged in the life of pursuing them. For example, when I know I'm going to Utah to Hot Springs or when I know I'm going on vacation, everything else in my life happens a lot better and a lot more, a, a lot easier. So, thank you. Thank you both. That was a great answer.
3: You're welcome. Anybody else? Yeah, So For me, what's price so what I'm going to pursue next year is going to be in mean, a few days. It's going to be in the moment, every day, and live the day as it was my last day. And because I see that sometimes I really waste time on doing things that was not important, and I'm going to really spend time on doing what makes me happy, what makes me a better person, I want to spend more time with my family, my son, my husband. Also, my the priceless thing that I really want to achieve is this retreat in September that I'm going to have. And when you, when you speak about the hot spring, I, I feel the same way in Provence, and I feel, I know that the experience of people we have will be priceless. So this is what I'm going to do for
0: 2013. Mm. Beautiful. You know, Anna, I... I have to chuckle from your previous comment, the workaholic thing. I don't know if I'm the only one suffering from this illness. If so, that's that's great. I'm the only one suffering from this illness. But because I love what I do, I love what I do. I do it all the time. And for many who know me, they think I'm constantly working. They interpret what I do as work. To me, it's not work. It's what I love doing. And I'm wondering, with Jace's really powerful question and your level of passion, and I, I sense that passion with everybody here on the call, by the way. Everybody on this show, I, I have no doubts in my mind, you're all extraordinarily passionate about what you want to do in life, where you want to go in life. You have a zeal to get that, not not only experience it, but to do it simultaneously. True?
7: Yes. Yeah.
0: True. True. Okay, so I'm not making any assumptions. So, Anna, when you're answering Jace's powerful question, you love what you do, don't you? I do love what I
6: do. I will tell you I love what I was doing, and I will tell you that I have shifted what I'm doing. And I'm like you, Sol. I can get so caught up in what I'm doing that I lose the day or the night or the morning or whatever. I realize because and to answer Jace's question in 2013 and it's also started it started in 2012 but going into 2013 is to take my radio station and my magazine and the things that I'm working on now to another level to more than a hobby level so I still have my design and creativity business I've downsized it so that I actually do enjoy it when I work in it it is not then that's the difference because I was working I could work 24 hours a day, day, seven days a week, just working on projects for other people. I've primarily worked so that I work primarily for myself. I do projects for myself, create for myself. When people do, when I have other people coming to me for specific needs, whether it be branding or a mixture of branding, marketing, coaching, creating, whatever it is I'm doing with them, it's so, I want to say rich. It's so wonderful to be able to really dive in wholeheartedly and really not be so concerned. And this is, this was the big thing, the big shift for me is is not be concerned about the dollar amount that was put on the things that I was doing. And what happens when I quit focusing on that doors opened, the right people walked through the right opportunities show up and continue to show up. The people who I work with on my radio station, the other hosts, are so loving and giving and sharing, and they want to be part of all the marketing, everything that I'm it's I really attracted to myself an amazing group of people. And I believe that really letting go of that stress and finding what I call harmony in my life, and that includes my family, my partner, our children. And my spiritual practice, it all intertwines. And who was it that said, once you feel that, Jace, you said, once you feel that everything else falls into place, your health, wealth, and relationships all receive such gifts because you were being so loving and, and wonderful to yourself. Because I include my family with what I do, I mean, one of the things I'd love to do next year is to go around speaking and traveling with my family, showing my kids different parts of the U.S. and having a great time. And that is all possible. And I love sharing that. I love pulling my family with the things that I do as well. So I think finding harmony for me is very important.
0: Elaine, why don't you dive in and then we'll dive into takeaways.
4: Okay. Well, one thing that hit me, especially during the call, I think, especially when Krista was talking about making mistakes and forgiving yourself, one thing that I kind of look at mistakes, and I used to beat myself up until I realized that I could learn a lot from them and not repeat them. And then I started actually kind of appreciating them in a strange sort of way because I would probably not make that same mistake again because if I was beating myself up about it so much, I learned a lot. I was about maybe myself and not to do that again and different things. So I kind of actually think that those can be priceless items as well, that while they not, may not be so great at the time, um, over time I think you do become sometimes to appreciate them.
0: Well put. Well put. All right. So I would love, Elaine, why don't you kick us right off. Elaine, what were your takeaways for today? Then we'll dive into Crystal, then Sarah, then Isabel, and then Jace.
4: Just, I think, with we, 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 everyone that said today, grateful, I guess, for the things that do happen in our lives, whether it be good or bad.
0: Nah, you're setting us up for a few shows down the line where we talk about gratitude guidelines. All right, sprinkling <laughs> some seeds into the soil. Yay, for those listening, we've got our final show. will be on gratitude guidelines, so I appreciate, Elaine, you, you watering those seeds around gratitude. Thank you. Crystal?
7: Along with what Elaine said, I'd say that, for me, the most important is to make time for people that matter most, especially myself, and making sure I have my health. Because if I don't make time for my health now, I will be making time for sickness later, whether I like it or not. And to also, say thank you or give some like say kind words to people every now and then to let them know how you truly appreciate them.
0: Mm, that's a wonderful New Year's way to enter into the New Year's. Yum. I'm I'm taking notes, I'm taking notes
6: Anna Oh, my takeaway on this chapter is I am so appreciative and grateful for the opportunity One, to be on the show with all of you guys It's been great But also the fact that many things that I'm doing now Are what you would consider priceless or timeless And I feel very blessed that I can put that stamp on things So thank you
0: uh, hello. All right,
5: Sarah. My takeaway is that I learn a new definition for the word priceless. I'm not just going to wait and hope for those priceless or timeless moments to occur. I'm going to plan on them, and
3: they can happen.
0: Hmm. More direction. All right. Outstanding, Isabel.
3: For me, it's like your priceless moments are replaceable, irreplaceable. Money is. I feel like money is nothing compared to those moments, those priceless moments. I would not trade them for any
0: anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Yum. <laughs> Jace and Sarah, thank you for co-piloting today. Yum, Jace. What was your takeaway?
2: My takeaway is to intentionally plan to create more timeless income more more priceless opportunities and experiences in my life. And I do it for myself, not just my clients.
0: Yum. Yum. Yeah. Ooh, giving me tingles. I'm getting tingles all over. <laughs> a master in the art of living. That sounds scrumptious. What a way to kick off into the new years. Go for it.
2: So this is a, a poem came to me when you all were sharing, and it's either James Michener or Zen Buddhist saying or L.P. Jacks. But it's a master in the art of living. The master in the art of living makes little distinction between his work and his play, his labor and his leisure, his mind and his body, his education and his recreation, his love and his religion. He hardly knows which is which. He simply pursues his vision of excellence and grace, whatever he does, leaving others to decide whether he is working or playing. To him, he is always doing both. Wow.
5: Nice.
0: Thank you, Jace, for that. That is so true for those that I hold in my heart as masters. They are truly people who go about their day just doing what they do, love doing, and everything always seems to be more than amply provided for. I invite our listeners to contemplate what will you do that will pick up on what our team here has had their ahas around, and that is having more of those priceless moments. Will you schedule you into your calendar? Will you take time to sit down, if you're partnered or parented, to sit down with those you love and say, you know what, let's start a tradition this year. Maybe on Tuesday nights we're going to have dinner in or Every Saturday, we're going to spend time and create a tradition where that tradition is designed to not only open up the doors of communication, it's designed to open up the space for those priceless moments to happen. As you reflect on 2012, what are those priceless moments? that you know you will smile and giggle about for decades to come. The series on confidence, what I've noticed with people who have what I call compassionate confidence. That confidence opens up a special space that allows people to have More aha moments in life, more priceless moments in life, more moments where they're given that safety and the permission to learn and grow. So, confidence building wise. And as always, I highly recommend you taking a moment and coming out to our cast page so you get to meet everybody, you get to dial directly into their web pages and their passions. And to find out more about every single person on this show, visit bitly.com, so B-I-T-L-Y dot com, forward slash, confidencecast, B-I-T-L-Y dot com, confidencecast. And with that, crew, on the count of three, I'd like to hear a rounding aloha to wish everyone a fabulous week. One, two, three... Oh! And now a few words from Lillian.
1: Thank you for listening to PWR Network. I'm Lillian Caldwell, the founder of PWR Network. I personally thank you, as well as my other listeners, for your support. To enjoy the benefits being heard by our 8 million plus listeners, call me at 734-827-9406 to explore how to become a PWR Network host or sponsor. Once again, I'm Lillian Caldwell, the founder of PWR Network. Thank you for listening to this program. We look forward to hearing from you.
0: Thanks for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. Would you please call our listener line at 734-827-9406 again. Our listener line is 734-827-9406. You can press the pound key and go right into the voicemail and you can share your comments about our shows. You may just hear your comment on air. Thank you for sharing some feedback to PWR Network by calling our comment line at 734-827-9406. Calling all PWR network fans and followers, heads up. For a limited time, we're offering a lifetime registered PWR membership for the flat one-time cost of 20 bucks. When we reach 90,000 registered lifetime members, and that's just 1% of our documented 9 million listeners, this lifetime membership offer ends. To learn more about all the perks that you're going to get as a PWR Network fan and follower, visit PWRtalk.com today. Click the Gratitude Options button at the top and check out all your perks. Aloha, Soul Dancer here. I'm the author of Pay Me What I'm Worth and I'm on a mission to end worth decay. Are you suffering from worth decay? Here's how you know you might be suffering from worth decay. If you think or feel worthless because of your age, health, finances, or your looks, guess what? You're suffering from worth decay. There's good news. Our series here on PWR Network is Stopping Worth Decay. To get the most out of this series, just listen in every week. For those who really want to end worth decay, you'll call and register be part of our unique self-paced program. Call me at 312-268-0000 or visit pay411. That's pay411.co to learn more about this program.